Today, we've got one of the world's most knowledgeable experts on all things sourcing and shipping, who's going to give us some light at the end of this nightmare tunnel that we've been in as far as those things are concerned. And he's going to give us some really cool strategies for sourcing and shipping in 2022 that you've probably never heard of. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. As FBA business owners, we've put thousands of hours of hard work into growing our businesses. But what happens when you've grown the business as much as you can and don't have the time or resources to take it to that next level? Enter Thrasio. Thrasio has acquired over 125 Amazon businesses from owners just like you. With more than 600 experts at the top of their field in brand management, growth marketing, creative, and supply chain, Thrasio's operating team can grow your business exponentially. Once you've sold your business, simply celebrate a lucrative exit and watch your personal wealth grow while your brand flourishes in Thrasio's portfolio. To connect with Thrasio's deal team, visit thrasio.com slash helium10. That's T-H-R-A-S-I-O dot com slash helium10 for more information on if your brand is a good fit for Thrasio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon, Walmart, e-commerce world. Uh, we've got for, you know, maybe third time, I think, on this podcast in the last three years, uh, my brother from another mother, he's actually in Dubai now, he used to live right, right near me. Uh, Kian, how's it going, man? I'm great, Bradley. I'm amazing. Thanks very much for having me back on. Can't believe it's the third time. Third time's a charm. Uh, glad to be back on. Yes, very, very few people ha have come back uh, three, uh, you know, every time because you know everybody loves uh, you as a guest, and so we're like, hey, we're gonna bring you back uh, again and again and again. And as a matter of fact, we're gonna talk about something later on this episode about how how on other episodes of this podcast. You're going to be hearing from Kian perhaps like once a month. So so stay tuned uh, when we announce that later on in this episode. Um, now, uh, let's just start off the bat with, with the with the elephant in the room. You know, um, I think the last time you were on the show, you know, what was like right in the beginning stages of, of COVID. And we we talked about, hey, now there's, uh, you know, the online Yiwu thing. But, but you know, it. it We've now been in this thing almost uh, two years, and mm. and the biggest thing that that has happened in, in you know sourcing and shipping and 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 ordering products is the shipping delays. Um, mm -hmm. I had a shipment from from China um, of some 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 products I knew was going to do well uh, during Christmas time. It arrived at the port or in the waters at least, like in the beginning of September, and I didn't get it until the middle of November. Another one arrived there in like the middle to end of October. And I still, I still don't have it. So I completely missed, you know, I, I could have sold thousands and thousands of dollars of this product. So, you know, I, we just had our um, end of the year party at, of Helium 10 on a boat in Long Beach. <laughs> and it was funny. I was like, we, we got to take this boat out and just drive through all these million container ships that are seen out here. So, you know, the question everybody's got is like, can you walk us through, first of all, what happened? Because it's not a matter of, oh, Everybody's shipping more products than usual, and that's why you know there's mm -hmm. there there's this. Or oh no, somebody got sick at, at a port in in Ningbo or something, and that I mean it, it's just it's a it's a number of reasons. So walk us through yeah. how we got to where we are now. 
Sure. And I'll keep it nice and short and simple as well, because I'm sure a lot of people have dealt with this headache for the last year or so, and they're probably sick of uh, hearing about it. But I think like we can talk about some solutions in terms of what's the best way to get around it. But before Mm -hmm. we do that, it's best to understand, well, how did we get here? Uh, and, and to be honest, like to summarize, if I could put it down to one thing, it, the main thing is like container circulation. And because of that, like, you know, we had this increase in demand of goods coming from China as a result of the pandemic. We're not spending money on holidays, we're spending it on goods. So demand from Chinese factories goes up, exports go up. And now when those containers get to the port in Long Beach, California, where, wherever it's going in the US or UK or wherever, there's now um, closures at the port because people are catching COVID cases. So they shut down for the day. They have to test everyone. Then they take a little bit of while to get back to work. They take longer to unload containers. Uh, they can't get the truckers because there's positive cases there. So as a result, uh, it takes a lot longer to unload. And as these vessels are coming in, they stack up, they stack up, they stack up. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, these containers, which used to get emptied as soon as they arrive, and then the empty container goes back to China, now they're not going back to China. And then as a result, the demand keeps increasing on the China side but there aren't the containers to then ship them out. So the demand far exceeds the supply, which then causes the price to massively increase. But unfortunately, the situation just never got better because the demand kept increasing and then the the delays kept getting longer and longer and longer. So that was the main reason, but there was all sorts of other things that went on as well. But we can say that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and the situation um, is slightly improving as well. And we did see this a little bit uh, in October. We did see... Prices start to come down even as much as 40%, even though it was just temporarily. And that was because the 1st to the 8th of October in China was our golden week holiday. So for one week, they weren't producing any goods. As a result, more empty containers could go back to China when they weren't making anything. So they were able to fill up more containers on their side. And then later on, end of October and beginning of November, we had the power outage situation in China, which is still ongoing a little bit, but not as dramatic as it was before. But factories were kind of operating at about 40% power, 40% capacity. Therefore, they weren't sending as many goods to the port. Therefore, they were shipping less. Therefore, the containers managed to catch up a little bit. Um, And I think we're going to see that a little bit more as we get closer to Chinese New Year. Uh, as well because obviously the factories are going to be off work for several weeks so that should see the situation stabilize as well which is quite interesting because chinese new year is normally the time where the goods are the most expensive because that's when everyone's (laughs) trying to get and rush their orders out and that's probably when we're going to see a slight decrease in cost slightly after uh, chinese new year as well but uh, you know through this whole process and what we've all gone through and being able to help a bunch of different sellers, it's now easy to identify, okay, what are the key shipping principles? What are the main boxes we need to tick to make sure we get the best lead times and we get the best prices? Uh, Do you want me to jump into that real quick? Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So first thing, most important thing I would say is definitely ask multiple freight forwarders for a quote, because we've probably been in a situation where you work with one freight forwarder, they've given you amazing service, good relationship, all that. You just always ask them for a price. But the pricing is based on capacity. It's how many uh, containers they've booked on a certain vessel. So some freight forwarders will have loads of capacity, some won't have that many, some will have last minute cancellations. So reach out to three, four, five different forwarders, reach out to Chinese forwarders as well as international forwarders. Sometimes they might give you a better price. And then month to month, you're going to see that's going to change, but just reach out to maybe three to five. The other thing is that ask for your price at the right time as well. If you've got a shipment coming up in like say 45 days time or 30 days time, there's no point asking for a quote right now because so many things can change between now and then. The best time to ask for a price is around 10 days to seven days away from when your goods are actually ready to ship because that's when they know what vessels are actually going out 
if there's any cancellations, mm. they've dealt with it. But you don't want to book a price, you know, like two weeks out and then they find out, okay, that vessel's been canceled. There was a port closure there. Now we need to find you a new boat. So uh, asking at the right time, which is about seven days out as well. The other thing is that, like, all, I think all of our knowledge of, around freight has probably increased quite a lot because we've had to ask these sort of questions. But, you know, if you've ever heard much of my content before, I've always preached about the importance about building a relationship with your manufacturer. Well, now the same sort of applies to your freight forwarder. Building a relationship with your freight forwarder is super important as well. And they can give, and why that's important is that they can give you advice on, first of all, which vessels to ship on because each vessel, you know, you've got Costco, Maersk, uh, evergreen there's so many different shipping lines and these shipping lines have different speeds like some will say all right 15 days to la port and they'll actually arrive in 15 days but some will say 15 days and they'll arrive in 45 days so this sh- the freight forwarders know which shipping lines are accurate so you want to be finding out which shipping lines and make sure it's the fastest one and then as well as that is which port should you be shipping to because we know long beach port has got this big log backup well we could also ship our goods to oakland and then truck them down to LA or wherever they need to go. Or maybe we could ship them to Houston and then ship them to other ports where there's less congestion, less fees. Then you'll have like more inland trucking costs, but it depends on where your warehouse actually is. Uh, you can now ship them to, to other ports as well. And then um, one thing that I found success in is, uh, as I said, I always preach the importance of working in a relationship with your manufacturer, is split the increase of the shipping cost with your factory. So, for example, let's say a container price last year was $5,000 and now it's $20,000, right? The increase is $15,000. You can say to your supplier, and the supplier knows fine well the, the increase in shipping costs here, you can say, look, our, our container cost has gone up $15,000. It's now not profitable for us to ship this product. We might need to discontinue it. But because we work in partnership, because we were long-term partners, because we're working together, it'd be great if you can absorb half the shipping cost with us. Because if you do, then we can also continue to sell this product. We can continue to get sales. We can continue to place orders for you. So you're also going to benefit as well. So the increase has been $15,000. Can we split it 50-50? You contribute seven and a half and we'll contribute seven and a half. And then that way, you've just knocked seven and a half thousand dollars off your container price, which your factory split with you. And your factory is incentivized to do it because now they get continual orders from you and you're not going to cancel that order. Now, whether you get that or not depends on how long you've been working with that manufacturer. There's no chance you're going to get it on your first order. But if you've been working with that manufacturer for like maybe three years and your orders have been building up they're like well i don't want to lose this customer and i don't want to lose this product so yes i'm going to contribute so you you might find luck uh, splitting the cost of your manufacturer there as well the other thing is that you don't always have to ship all your goods at one time as well like your factory's got storage in their warehouse as well so you could say maybe you've ordered like fifteen thousand units but you only actually need five thousand units to get you through the next quarter so you can say look i'm, I'm only going to ship five thousand units but I'm going to store 10,000 units in your warehouse. We'll keep the goods there. And then in a quarter time, when we anticipate the cost will come down, then we're going to ship the rest of the goods. And then you get that free storage and then you'll be getting shipping it at a lesser rate, hopefully in about three months time uh, as well. So those are a few key principles um, that I'd like to apply, you know, for shipping at the moment. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, go, going back uh, a little bit and some of the things you mentioned and I, and I neglected to mention it, you know, I was just kind of a, uh, thinking mainly about the shipping delays, which is obviously, you know, affecting me regardless of the cost, but the cost is definitely an issue. So what are we seeing now on average, as far as, as how much, uh, you know, more it's costing to ship, uh, you know, you know, are we talking double, we talking 50% more, 
And then what is the trajectory you're seeing over maybe, you know, January, February? Are there any signs that it might go down or it's only going to go down, you know, during the Chinese New Year like like it did for that one Golden Week thing? Yeah. Well, if you can give me a second while I just get my crystal ball uh, from under my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry up. I know you guys got a lot of cool stuff in Dubai there. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I would say that like from the freight forwarders that I've spoken to, you know, no, no one can quite predict what will be the situation. But what we envision, like, you know, first of all, the container prices, depending if it's a 20 foot or a 40 foot container, you know, went as high as over $20,000. And there are some freak incidences where they went even higher than that. They're kind of stabilized now where they've been dropping, not too much, but maybe dropping 5%, 10%, 8%, mm-hmm. uh, depending on which port you're shipping to. So like people can be comfortable with around like fifteen dollars to $18,000 per container. I think we'll see a slight reduction after Chinese New Year, but maybe a little spike before Chinese New Year. And I would say that after Chinese New Year, even if the prices drop, I don't think the shipping lines are going to be in a rush to drop them either because they know that the demand is still there. So I think we'll start to see just gradual decreases. And I don't think it will really go back to as low as it was before. But hopefully, mm. I would say that by Q3, by July next year, I would I would be hopeful that we can get it down to about maybe $12,000, $13,000 a container. Uh, and it will just be gradually dropping. It's not going to drop like Bitcoin uh, it will just be like, you know, 5%. Mm. Oh, don't know, get me started every- on that. <laughs> we'll see about that. But I think uh, monthly we'll bring you updates on that, which is something we're going to chat about later on as well. Okay. All right. So one thing, you know, I, I like bouncing around because sometimes if, if I don't say it, I'm going to forget about it with my bad memory. But I've been reading news articles lately about something I have no experience with. And, and um, these news articles are like talking about, oh, how Amazon – has their own shipping containers and this and that. And that part I kind of knew about, you know, like Amazon Global Logistics. I've never used it, but but uh, we've always known it existed. But, you know, for, for me, what was interesting was I was under the impression that as far as the shipping delay goes, you know, it's because of the, you know, the ports and, and, and things like that. So, like, you know, the, these boats that are waiting, you know, they can't get in. But it almost sounded like these articles were trying to say that people who are using Amazon Global Logistics – are somehow bypassing that and getting fat. And I was like, that doesn't seem right. Like I can maybe understand maybe the the price, like if they have their own ecosystem of of containers, which still didn't sound completely right. But but anyways, what's like if if somebody's using Amazon Global Logistics, are they saving on time and money with what's happening right now, or is it pretty much the same? Yeah, so, so I I heard like personally, I've not used Amazon Global Logistics myself as well, mm-hmm. but I've spoke to people who have, and I've heard that they're getting better pricing using that. And I think that's because obviously Amazon wants to buy this business at a time they don't mind to take a slight loss in order to get, to build up their you know container business. Um, and also you can, they can sort of fast track your products into Amazon, into putting them straight into the warehouse. And then as a result, unloading it, they know exactly where it's going. They ha- But I, I think I've also heard stories of, uh, you know, containers getting unloaded very, very quickly, just even in a few days as well. And that's by a fast shipping line called Matson, M-A-T-S-O-N. And that that's like unrelated to Amazon. So if you type in um, Matson, and that's just, uh, it, that ships through Oakland, and it's a very, very short wait. And it's only certain vessel sizes that can go through Oakland because the big, massive vessels, like the ones which got stuck in the Suez Canal, they have to go through Long Beach, right? But the smaller ones can go through Oakland. So if you're like desperate for a shipment and you need to get it out fast, uh, ask your freight forwarder, I want the Matson fast line. 
and then that has a very very fast clearance time mm, uh, but in terms of amazon i think they're they're also going to be relatively quick relatively cheap but definitely speak to people who have used it uh, and ask what their opinion has been on the service okay what should I be doing now as far as inventory planning goes? Uh, obviously, here at Helium 10, we have a full inventory management software where you know it's giving uh, Amazon sellers like suggestions on when they should order and when they're going to run out and things like that. And so we have something in there that that's kind of like you know um, lead time. So like once I actually cut a PO, how long does it take to get into Amazon? And and you know. The last few years, it's always been, I mean, last few years, I mean, I've been importing from China for 20 years. It's like clockwork, you know, unless there's yeah. something super weird happening where, um, you know, I, I order and then, you know, if I know it takes like, you know, three, four weeks to, to, to manufacture, maybe takes another, you know, uh, three weeks to get to the port and then like a week to clear cut. Like it's, it's always clockwork, but now it's yeah. like hit or miss. So as I know it, it is hit or miss, it's not like one number that's right, but like on average, what are you seeing from the time that maybe... Uh, an order is ready to go, how long mm -hmm. is it taking to get to the port, clear that long line of ships, and then actually get to, to Amazon? Yeah, well, it, it, in normal circumstances, pre-COVID, what it used to be is that like, okay, you spend your time developing your sample, but from when you have the sample that, okay, this is what I'm happy to go into production with, here's my deposit, here's my purchase order, mm -hmm. generally as a rule of thumb, and it varies like category to category, but normally it takes 30 days for material preparation and then 30 days for production. So your production total lead time is about 60 days. And then if you're shipping to West Coast, you know, it takes about 15 days. If you're shipping to East Coast, yep. maybe about yep. 35, 40 days. So maximum from when you place your deposit to when your goods arrive at the port, if it's East Coast, you're looking at maximum 100 days, right? Three months, basically. But now, and then, but now, obviously, depending on which port you're going to, sometimes you can bypass all of that, uh, or you're going to get stuck for another three months at the port. And even yeah. some goods are getting held at customs as well. So there's all sorts of um, issues going on there. But in terms of next year, what I found super interesting is depending on what category of product that you're into, your suppliers actually have a bit of a backlog as well in terms of the amount of orders that they have to fulfill uh, before Chinese New Year and then the orders which are now piling up after Chinese New Year. And I was having a conversation with one of my backpack suppliers uh, just a couple of weeks ago because I had the company uh, reach out and they wanted to add an order for bags. And um, they were telling me we can't do anything until May next year. I was like, are you joking? Like May, May next year. That, that means we're talking about July delivery, Q3 delivery next year. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, now is a very, very important time to check in with your manufacturers to find out what are their, uh, what's their, cap what's their capacity, what's their capabilities for 2022. Because now, and, and regardless of, of COVID or, or whatever, now is actually the time that I always plan my forecast orders for next year. And I would encourage anyone like listening right now that use this time, uh, what's left of December and beginning of January to give your supplier an accurate forecast of your order schedule for next year. Because what mm -hmm. you can do is that you could actually place your order right now so that they can go and prepare your raw materials before Chinese New Year. And Chinese New Year is 1st of February 2022, by the way, um, next year. And it changes every year because Chinese New Year follows the lunar calendar. So that means pretty much for the month of January, a Chinese factory is going to be shut down, but they can order your raw materials right now. They can keep it in storage. So when they come back to work after Chinese New Year, then they can start the production. But why I like to give a forecast is that you can say, okay, well, last year we ordered 10,000 units uh, over mm. three or four orders. We envision a bit of growth this year. So we think in 2022, we're actually going to be ordering maybe around 15 or 18,000 units. 
um, and we're going to place like we're not committing to it. This is just a forecast, but yeah. we're going to place eighteen thousand units. Uh, we'll give you an order in uh, April, right after Chinese New Year. We'll give you another one to ship out in June, another one in October, and then another one in December. And what your factory might do is go and order all all the raw materials for those eighteen thousand units, and that also depends on. The materials used in your product if it's just like a black polyester well if you don't take that stock then they can use it for someone else right there's no risk so they're just going to order all your raw materials but if you have like some customized goldfish or the the hoodie that i'm wearing right now some customized like purple and pink pattern they're not going to order mm-hmm. twenty thousand units for you because if you don't take it they're screwed they can't sell that to anyone else yeah so you, you can say to them all right if you can hold all of that in stock and then that way that reduces your lead times as well because next year when you want to place your when you want your orders to go into production your raw materials are already there so you've cut out that 30-day raw material time so and you're getting better prices as well because you're securing your raw material price in that moment in january 20, uh, 2022 rather than you know july 2022 when the price could go up so by giving a forecast you're getting better prices shorter lead times and you might even get better credit terms from your manufacturer as well because you're talking about 20,000 units rather than just a 3,000 unit order so this would be a very good time to do some deep thinking come up with a strategy think how many orders you want to uh, place next year have a conversation with your supplier say this is the forecast this is what we want to achieve together lock in your pricing lock in your lead times lock in your production slots and then 2022 will be much more smooth uh, for you guys Okay. Now you, um, you've talked in the past, how important it is to try and maintain a good relationship with your supplier. It helps with the, you know, the sourcing and, and, and just helps with, with pricing and, and just, you know, be the trust factor in things. And, and so, you know, we've talked before on the show, how, how nice it is if, if somebody's is able to do it to, you know, actually visit the factory and, you know, they'll, they'll take you out and things like that. Obviously that is not going to be a thing for, it hasn't been for a year and a half. It's not going to be for a while as the, as the country continues to be closed off uh, to the rest of the world. So what can people do now? You know, now that even no matter what our size is, we, we literally can't get a visa to get into China. How mm-hmm. can we keep, you know, that, that relationship good? Like, should we be should, should some sellers be sending gifts around Chinese New Year? Like, what's a good custom? Like, um, talk to us. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And now is actually the perfect time to do it, right? So I'd say there's two really, really important things to build that relationship. As you said, face-to-face going out there is the best way to do it, but obviously we can't do that at the moment. So I'm sure everyone's heard of an application uh, that you can download on your phone called WeChat, and that's just W-E-C-H-A-T. And that's basically the app that they use in China for communication. That's their version of Messenger or WhatsApp. And I would definitely download WeChat and keep all your conversations uh, regarding the products and the prices and the delivery dates to email, all the important stuff you need to reference. But on WeChat, you want to be having your informal conversations. Like, hey, this is what me and my buddies got up to at the weekend. We went to the game. We're having a beer. Here's a photo of us in the bar. Hey, what did you guys get up to on the weekend? Like, I'd love to see what Chinese food looks like. Can you just send us a picture of like your dinner and all of your family, all this sort of stuff. And then you start to build up that sort of informal relationship, that chat relationship. And why that's really, really important is that Let's say you've got an order shipping out on, you know, the 1st of May next year, but because you've built up that relationship on WeChat, you know, on the 20th of April, you could just text them there and say, hey, just want to double check. Is everything still on schedule? Are the goods ready? Are all the cartons arrived? Is, is, is it pre-shipment inspection there? Do you mind if I just give you a quick video call on WeChat? Can you take me down to the factory floor? Can you show me the boxes? If the inspector's there, can you show me? So now you have like a direct access to the factory through a video call through that relationship that you built up uh, through WeChat. 
And then the other thing that you mentioned was, you know, sending gifts and Chinese New Year is a perfect time to do it. So um, luckily for us, we have Christmas before Chinese New Year. So sometimes the supplier will send us a gift. And I would say that if the supplier sends you a gift, then you should definitely send them a gift. Normally, they'll probably just send you an e-card, like a Merry Christmas, like email, some dodgy song that pops up through an email. But if you want to go the extra mile, you can also send them a gift. And, you know, a lot of people ask, like, well, what sort of gift should I be sending my supplier? And I always Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. something that represents your hometown, right? Because they have a lot of uh, customers from all over the world, like, you know, from Spain, Brazil, Germany. Um, And you, you basically want to send something that represents your hometown. So like, let's say you have a local sports team. So Bradley, for you, I know you love the Lakers. Uh, Oh, no, come on. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. Thank you for this episode of the podcast. We're going to see you guys. And don't mention the L word here. You, know, or you, you, you could send a t-shirt of uh, of your early clippers right and then that, there we go that, that that would be a nice gift for the factory or if your town is famous for hot sauce if your town is famous for a specific tea you know they love their tea in china just something that represents your hometown that they'll remember you by but one quick hack is that if you are sending gifts right you want to send a gift for the sales associate that you talk to but it's very very important you also prepare a gift for the boss as well so you mm. email your contactor and say hey i would love it if um I want to get a nice gift for you. I also want to get a nice gift for your boss as well. And um, so then you arrange that. And and then once you send it over, you'd say, I would love it if you could uh, send me a photo of you passing the gift onto the boss and just letting them know that it was from me. So you're basically building up leverage, right? You're calling in a favor because what's going to happen is like, let's say, First uh, of July next year, you're gonna have, you really, really need to get an order out. You know your your production. You place your order late. It needs to ship out within like 30 days. So then you're gonna ask your sales associate. They're gonna ask the factory boss. They're gonna go into the office and be like, yeah. "Hey, uh, Bradley's order needs to go out this month. Can we push it to the front of the production schedule?" And they're gonna be like, "Oh, who's Bradley again?" They're like, "Oh, Bradley's the guy who sent you that Clippers jersey for Chinese New Year." Oh yeah, I love that jersey. It was cool. I always play. It. I always use it when I play basketball. Yeah, of course. Send it to the front of the production line. So mm-hmm. you've now built that sort of favor that you can call with the factory boss who's essentially the decision maker so you can use this period at chinese new year to basically build up that leverage build up that favor um so definitely use wechat have your informal conversations there build a direct line of communication with the factory and then also send a nice gift to your sales associate and to the boss as well okay interesting good to know we had somebody on the show recently uh talk about a website that i hadn't heard of uh you go and then, you know, you before talked about the online Canton Fair. Uh, we all know about Alibaba. Let's just r- run through what, you know, for 2022, you know, just some some strategies for for remote sourcing. You know, again, like uh, mm-hmm. Kian's talked about it before, absolute best way actually going to trade shows, going to the real Canton Fair, you know, going to the other trade shows that are there, meeting suppliers, potential suppliers face-to-face. Um, but, you know, what's working for you now when you're, uh, or for people that you know when they're when they're going to Alibaba, uh, what's working for as far as online trade shows or online sourcing? Uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, I would say you know Alibaba is still a really fantastic resource. There's some amazing suppliers on there, and the better quality suppliers are actually coming onto the platform as well because the trade shows haven't really opened up for them yet. But as everyone I'm sure is aware, there's also a lot of bad suppliers on Alibaba. So the main purpose of using it is to filter out the bad ones to get to the good ones. The best way to filter out the bad ones is that you want to search by suppliers, not by products. And you do that at the top. But the most important thing is that once you start searching by suppliers, is um, 
use the suppliers which have verification. So that blue verification badge, which just means that every bit of information that factory has provided has been verified by a third party. So, and this is actually so key, right? If you go into a factory for any product, let's say it's a backpack, it will bring up like a thousand suppliers. But then if you click verified and trade assurance, trade assurance meaning your payment is protected. Those are the two most important boxes to tick. Once you hit verified, the number of suppliers drops from like maybe 2,000 down to like 400. So you've just filtered out all the terrible suppliers, which you don't know if the information that they provided is true. But now when you click on any of those suppliers, right, you can scroll down and there's going to be a blue box and it'll say verified by SGS or verified by Intertech. And it will tell you the year the factory was established, uh, what their turnover is, if they're a manufacturer or if they're a trading company. And if you scroll down even further, it'll tell you what machinery they have in their factory. Do, do they have mach machines for detecting needles? How many have they got? They've got sewing machines. They've got 85. And you'll see a blue tick next to it. And then also they have imagery inside the factory as well. And you can see like how big their their premises actually is and those um, images are also highlighted blue so they're also verified and i think that's just something that many many people gloss over but it's so so important and then you can also get that double confirmed uh, when you carry out a pre-shipment inspection as well that the number of workers are there and this the number of machines are there but that's kind of like the best way and then i always like to select the certification so then on the left side of the page as well you'll see iso 9001 which is a quality standard iso 14001 environmental standard bsci business social compliance initiative things like that the top factories have that and even if they don't, I would, when I reach out to the supplier, I'd be asking them, you know, what certificates do you have? What other customers do you supply? And then they'll say like, oh, we have the Disney audit. We have the Walmart audit. Okay, cool. Can you send me a copy? I'll check the date, make sure it's in the last two years. So there's so many different things that we can ask for and so many different things that we can see uh, through Alibaba. But there's actually one other great website, which I've been using a lot recently, uh, which is, is a fantastic resource. And uh, it's called importyeti.com. And it's a free resource. I'm not sure if you've used it before, but essentially any shipping document, any shipment that goes from uh, goes into the USA, that shipping document is public information only into America, but to the UK, that's not public information. So if you type in the North Face into Import Yeti, like it will bring up the North Face company. You can see how many shipments they've done. You can see all their suppliers, you can see all their HTS codes. You can click on one of their suppliers and then see who else they supply. They, they then supply like Patagonia and all these other brands as well. And then you can like click on their contact information, go directly on their website, email them directly. And it's a really, really quick way to find the market leaders, suppliers for your product. It might not necessarily bring up your Amazon's competitors because maybe that brand isn't so well known. But if you want to mm -hmm. find the market leader suppliers, uh, just to head to importyeti.com. It's a free resource and it's, you learn a lot just by playing around with it. So that's another fantastic resource as well. Okay, excellent. Good to know. Um, now let's let's uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about what we tease at the beginning. So, you know, because of what's going on and because this is not something that's going to uh, end in the next, uh, you know, couple of weeks, possibly not even the next, or not possibly, for sure not the next couple of months, uh, we're like, hey, we, we need some, so some more frequent updates as to what is going on as opposed to having you on the podcast every you know year and a couple months so so talk a little bit about the the new series that that, that we have coming up um that primarily will be video but uh, after you talk about that i'm going to talk about how people can hear about it on the podcast go ahead yeah for sure so basically with supply chain and sourcing being so 
um, volatile and changing and playing such a major factor in our businesses at the moment, we sort of came up with the idea that we wanted to put together a monthly sourcing update because things are changing month to month. That could be the shipping costs. It could be the power outage situation. It could be the raw material costs, changes in tariffs. There's a lot going on, you know, like uh, trade agreements going on between China and the U.S., so that's obviously my world. It's something I pay attention to every day. I look at the news. I also look at what's happening in China. I talk to my suppliers. I talk to my friends. I talk to other big sellers. So I've got all, a good frame of reference for many different points about what's happening in China. So we thought it'd be a good idea to put out a monthly sourcing update episode on YouTube, uh, which would essentially cover all of these things going on in China and supply chain. And then obviously make it in a way which we can give actionable tips that you can apply to your business today. It's no fluff, high level, game changing, actionable tips. And um, we're going to be doing that monthly sort of covering what happened in the next month, what we anticipate happening, what happened in the current month, what we anticipate happening next month, and then what we can do in our businesses to make the most uh, out of it. And that's something we're going to be doing in partnership together. Those videos will live on the Sourcing with Kia YouTube channel, but they will be Helium 10 branded and we'll be, uh, promoting those together okay awesome so we're gonna have a ways to incorporate that guys um into some of the you know the week uh, or the monthly podcasts we do so like well it won't be a standalone episode but we might incorporate it into some other episodes so those of you who like you know who who don't like watching your content on YouTube, you know, I know there's a few of you out there. You just like to listen to it in your car and stuff. We'll, we'll have um, those updates as well here on the uh, podcast. So what, what, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, some negative things that's happening, anything positive, you know, about for 2022, like, uh, you know, again, we can't always predict exactly what's going to happen, but mm -hmm. are, are there signs of, of, of positive things that you can tell us about, or maybe some new strategies that you haven't talked to us uh, before about uh, as far as you know sourcing shipping side yeah you know what i could uh i i've, I've got a couple of things i was going to save one of them for my but i guess I could oh give, yes you know about that <laughs> yeah I, I i guess i could give one now and then uh, use one as a as a which has become a new word now but so I, I would say something super important not very sexy but here's where you can actually save quite a lot of money uh, or improve a lot of margin in your supply chain is that you know, because of the situations that we've been in, we've really been forced to look at all aspects of our supply chain and be like, right, where can we save cost? And somewhere where I've found where we can save quite a lot is really optimizing your carton dimensions. And what I mean by that is that you you should really be double, triple checking that you're absolutely uh, filling a container to because you're paying so much, like $20,000 for a container, you want to make sure your cartons are filling it up right to the top. So you should be calculating how many units can I fit in a container. You know, you can do you can do the maths yourself based on the carton dimensions and the cubic, meter, cubic meters of the container. And you can also be asking your supplier as well to calculate what's the maximum as well. And then before actually shipping out any containers as well, you should be asking your factory to send you a photo of the container doors open before it's sealed so you can make sure it's packed right to the end and right to the top. And by also asking the factory or your freight forwarder what are the dimensions of the container, you can then factor in your carton dimensions to make sure they stack right to the top. But so that just optimizes like your, your shipping costs. But where you can really, really save is in your 3PL, right? So the first question I ask any 3PL when I'm about to consider, you know, moving my products into that warehouse is I ask them, what's the maximum pallet stacking height? And, you know, some that's basically when you're when your cartons are stacked up, when they're on the pallet, when they're in the bay, what's the maximum height that you can load there? And some warehouses will tell you 
uh, 1.6 meters or 160 centimeters, some will tell you 170, some will tell you 190 centimeters. And why that's so important, right, is that if someone tells you 180 centimeters, well, you know, if your pallet, if your carton height is 60 centimeters, you can go 60, 60, 60, 60, 120, 180. So I get three layers there. But if the max pallet height was 170 and you've got 60, 60, well, you've missed out on that third layer because that last carton is now going to hit the roof, right? So you're not going to be able to fit it on. So you might have five cartons in one layer. Each carton has 20 units. So there's 100 units per pallet now, which you can uh, store there for free because you didn't optimize for the pallet height. So I would say find out what is the pallet height and then divide your carton dimensions to make sure you optimize for that height. And then you can actually store a whole layer of goods for free in your 3PL on your pallet cost. Wow, I like it. I like it. All right. Now, all right. So so you, you're saying that that's not the only, your 30-second tip that you have. You have another one uh, for us? Yeah, yeah, because that went on for about maybe two and a half minutes, but I've got one. Well, that well, well uh, two and a half minutes still starts with a T, so it's still kind of a T, <laughs> just a, that's like a Kevin King size uh, right there because Kevin always goes for two or three or 10. That's what the T stands for for him, minutes, uh, when he gives these. <laughs> We should do a 21 day as well. Um, cool. <laughs> so, so should I go for my 30? Let's do it. Okay, cool. So the last one I would say is this is probably the best time ever to lock in backup suppliers. Because one thing the power outage situation taught us was that the power in your factory can be turned out overnight. And they might not be able to get the power back on for another 10 days, 20 days. And if you really need to get something out the door, you're really, really stuck. Now, when before you started working with that supplier, I'm sure you got quotes and maybe samples from multiple other suppliers as well. So before Chinese New Year, now is the kind of time to reach out to those other suppliers to make sure you have an up-to-date price and they've made an up-to-date sample of your product because you literally want to be able to tell a supplier, okay, go, here's your order. And you've already confirmed your price and you've already confirmed your sample because if this whole supply chain situation carries on the way it's going you you don't want to start from square one where you have to go and find a new supplier send a sample and negotiate confirm a sample before you can place an order you want something might happen if your existing supplier their capacity might be an issue their power might go out you want to be able to go to the next one in line and be like okay cool here you go here's your order here's your deposit let's start and have locking and backup suppliers will ensure that you don't go out of stock in 2022. I love it. I love it. All right. So, uh, Keen, what when are you coming uh, here stateside uh, again? Uh, I'm not sure. Whenever you guys will have me back. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying winter in Dubai, to be honest. But we're going to get you here before I get go out there, right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be there like like three times uh, in, in in the end of uh, end of December, like it's a great hub. It's like no matter where I want to go, it seems like I have to fly through uh, through Dubai. So it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's yeah. I, I'm glad it's not July when, when I'm going there. You know, December is a is a great time uh, to go there. So, anyways, uh, Ken, uh, you know, you you've referenced your YouTube channel and, and other things here. So, how can people find uh, you on the interwebs if they want to get more information from you? Sure, sure. Yeah, the, the main places I hang out on the interwebs uh, probably probably most active on Instagram, which is Kian underscore JG. Uh, after that, it's uh, YouTube Sourcing with Kian. And I've also got a Facebook group of the same name as well, Sourcing with Kian as well. And then if you want to look out for those 
videos that we're doing in partnership together, the monthly sourcing updates, they'll be on the Sourcing with Kian uh, YouTube channel. And we also want to make those interactive as well. So if you have any particular sourcing questions, or like, hey, what's going on here? This inspection just failed. What do I do about it? Make sure you write those questions in the comments below, and then we'll address your points that you've written in the comments of the previous YouTube videos on the next one as well. So we'll make sure we'll be able to deliver everything you guys need to know about supply chain. Don't forget, guys, too, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we actually had Melissa on the show talking about that new course she did for Founder. So Kian actually was actually on that course as well, doing some strategy. So if you want to go check out that course that Melissa and Kian here, our, our Serious Sellers podcast guests were on, you can take a look at that at h10.me forward slash founder, F-O-U-N-D-R, h10.me forward slash F-O-U-N-D-R. And then two more things, um, guys, uh, this is not for everybody, but uh, first of all, those of you who are Freedom Ticket Extra uh, members, that's that special um, kind of coaching program that we have with Kevin King and some other employees here at Helium 10. Uh, you know, King is going to be coming on uh, once a month to answer your, your questions um, live, you know, on the Freedom Ticket Extra webinars that we do. If you guys want to be part of that program or find out what more about it, go to h10.me forward slash FTX. And then also those of you out there uh, who are Helium 10 Elite members, that's part of our mastermind. That's not something that's open. You can't sign up even if you wanted to right now. It's closed. Uh, but if you are already an Elite member, um, you know, Kian is uh, now added as a member of our private Facebook group. So you can actually uh, ask him, you know, publicly. Um, don't send him private messages, guys. That's kind of hard. You know, usually those go to spam and things like that. But right there in our, in our private Facebook group, anything you guys want to ask about sourcing, um, or shipping issues uh, that's going on right now, make sure to tag Kian in the private Helium 10 Elite Facebook group. So, Kian, thank you very much for giving us this valuable knowledge, not just in this podcast episode, but as you said, you know, you're going to be doing it in a lot of other, uh, you know, forms of media here coming up. So we appreciate uh, your insights and knowledge and look forward to seeing you soon again. Thanks for having me and I uh, look forward to seeing you here in Dubai soon.